0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. My light shining. Is your light shining? Yes. Amen. And I know that I used to work with a children's minister years ago. And he sang that song with the kids. He said, won't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Won't let Satan put it out. I'm going to let it shine. Amen. That's what we're going to preach about tonight. We're not going to let the devil, uh, a demon Grinch, steal your Christmas. There you go. Amen. Amen. How many know that the Grinch is a demon? Yeah. Amen. We're not going to let him steal our Christmas, are we? That's right. Our light is going to shine. We're going to pick up tonight where Pastor Dave was at Sunday and talk about that. But first of all, I want to show you some things out of the bookstore. Uh, Melinda has a 20% off for the month of December going back there. So this is really good time to buy some of those bigger books if you want money off. I've studied that book right now again called Following God's Plan for Your Life. Following God's Plan for Your Life. God's plan for your life doesn't change, but it's progressive. You go from phase to phase, from glory to glory. As you're growing and you know more, you're accountable for more. And God's training you all the time for the next step to get to where he wants you to be so you get to the next step. So by the time you finish your life and finish your race, you would have lived a full life a healthy life, a productive life for Jesus, influencing everybody that God has for you to influence. But anyway, I, was, I showed Mrs. Pastor that book today. I've studied in my, in my, in my private time. And I found a note there from October of 1994. I've had the book a long time from when it first came out. And, uh, we were pastored in Indiana, and I had to get away for a week, do some fasting and praying. So I went upstate for our son that lived about, oh, probably 60, 80 miles north of us in little old uh, when, that's when he was first out on his own in a little old house trailer he lived. I said, man, I can still see that digital little trailer we were in. But the main thing was I went up there to get away from everything down in the church just to be with God up there. And I always, when I'm studying books, uh, I always put notes in them. And a lot of times wherever I'm at, whatever I'm doing, I'll just put a note, make a note where I was. I'll put it in there that I was at the Baymont Inn at Dr. Barclay's Leadership Conference. I'll put the date on it. Then when I studied that years later, that would bring back what was going on, what I was going through. How could that chapter meant so much to me back then? Anyway, I I highly recommend this book, especially if you're trying to figure out and you're going around saying things like, if only I knew the will of God for my life, oh, I wish I knew what God wanted for me. This book will help you with scriptures understand what God's will is for your life now, because the only one that knows that is the Holy Spirit. And you've got to know how to hear the Holy Spirit in your heart. And this book will help you tune on that. I was reading the chapter today there about being led by the Spirit of God and here from hear through the Holy Spirit, where you're at, what God has for you to do. So anyway, that book there I highly recommend it. And then here's another really good one. That's been one of my favorite for years and years it's called The Art of Prayer. The Art of Prayer. And you know, uh I say it kind of jokingly sometimes, but the main prayer that most believers know is a Jimmy prayer. Hey, God, my name's Jimmy. I take all you give me. You know, uh, bless mom, dad, R4, no more. You know, people just don't know how to pray. But this book here will show you different kinds of prayers. And I just want to say it again for 20% off. That's really a deal. To be able to tap into what she's got going on back there. Lots of good things. And, and those other smaller books be good stocking stuffers to give to people to bless them and help them with something really good for Christmas. Uh, how many is ready to get into the Word? You know, I've got to look at the faces. i, I got to make sure God told me right today. But I don't see a sad face in the whole place. Man, he told me to show, teach you how to keep your light shining. You know what, then, that tells me? This is for you to get ready for the attack. Between now and Christmas, the devil's going to try to make you be a sarpus. Going to try to make you blow up on your family. Going to try, try to make you get on your job And act like a nut. And they're going to say, well, that's the Christian this preacher does all year long. And now here it is, supposed to be her Savior's birthday or his Savior's birthday. And look how they're acting. Yeah, that's some kind of Jesus. How many know that happens to too many Christians? They fall for the attack. Say, I'm not going to fall for it. I'm going to hear God's word. Receive God's word. And be a doer of God's word. And my light will shine bright. Give your neighbor a high five. And say, wow, we're going to get it. Okay, so the title is, it's Christmas. Let your light shine. It's Christmas. Let your light shine. A little bit to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5. We're going to read uh, verse 14 through 16. Verse 14 through 16. And. You know, I'm thinking again, uh, I hope you were here Sunday. If you were, you didn't listen to the podcast or I don't even know if they do CDs or not. Do we do CDs here? We don't do it anymore. Yeah, because I mean, why why do a CD if you get it for free? (laughs) That's that's the way I do it. Anyway, anyway, uh, Pastor Dave was talking about something that we all know to be true. How many here are truly lovers of Jesus? Believe that Jesus really is God's son. He died for your sins, rose from the dead. How many believe that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven? You know, we love people of different religions. By different religions, I'm not talking about denominations. You know, Baptists, Methodists, I mean, all the Jesus denominations are Christian denominations and they're supposed to be born again believers. I talk about the different religions. Like, you know, we got Muslims, we got Hindus, we got Buddhists, we got uh, different ones like that. Well, they all think that their way is the way to get there. But as Christians that believe the Bible, we know that we can have great friends from different religions. But they don't receive our Jesus. We know from the Bible. They're not going to go to heaven. And so Christmas time, Christmas time is one of the best times of the whole year that we can talk about Jesus. And the walls are mostly down in people's lives where they tolerate us for a few weeks at this time of the year because they know this is our time. And so, why should we allow dumb stuff to come into our life to cause us to act stupid in front of people so we run them that much further off instead of drawing him in? Amen. Matthew chapter 5. And so we want, we want to help ourselves be ready this year. Matthew 5, verse 14 through 16. Jesus said, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it gives light unto all that are in the house. And, you know, I was thinking about that a while ago. I was thinking, man, Lord, give me an example for this. You know, what, what can I say you to understand in modern times about lighting a candle and then putting a bushel over it so nobody can see with it? I can't really think of any examples except I was thinking i got a lot of Home Depot buckets. You know, the Homer buckets. Anybody got those Homer buckets, those orange buckets? You know, five-gallon buckets. Can you imagine, can you imagine if you had a lantern and just tried to see in the darkness because Edison went out or something or some storm, and you got it in your house, and somebody walks up and sticks a homer bucket over it. Well, you got plenty of light, but the light's blocked and nobody can see it. And so what God is saying there, he puts his born-again Holy Spirit in our spirit, puts his light in us, and we don't need... To turn the light off so people can't see it. We got the light. He said, "We are the light. We're the light of the world. So why should we let sin, stupidity, or any other ugly thing come in and hide our Christian faith?" Right. Amen. Amen. He said, "He said it's supposed to be there for the whole world to see." And so, then, verse sixteen: "Let your light so shine. Be quiet about your Christian faith. Don't let anybody know you're a Christian." He said, let your light so shine before who? Men. Church people. Walmart people. Railroad people. School people. Fort Irwin people. Marine based people. Burger King people. Wherever you're at. He said, let your light. He said, let your light shine. And let me tell you something that tells me right there. It's not something you force. If you're letting it, you know, a light, a light bulb doesn't have to stand around and say, I'm a light bulb, I'm a light bulb, I'm a light bulb. I won't let the world know I'm a light bulb. When the light comes off a light bulb and lights up the room, you don't have to tell it's a light bulb. It is a light bulb. A light bulb's light. And so Jesus said, let your light so shine. In other words, we don't have to carry a three-by-five card in our pocket or have a screensaver we read and say, walk up to sinners, uh, sir. If you were to die today, do you know where you spend eternity? Do you know the 17 steps to salvation? Who do you believe that Jesus Christ really was? Boy, isn't that dumb? That's how I've seen in times past when when I used to be out in the secular workforce. That's how people acted. But you know the ones that got results was the Christians that just lived like a Christian. For one thing, whether it be a critical political thing, just keep your mouth shut. And don't get all more into politics or anything else. Then they're going to say, well, there's something different about this person. They ask you, well, what do you think about President Obama when he was president? What do you think about uh, President Trump? say, well, they're president and I pray for him. You know, I didn't agree with everything Obama did. didn't agree with everything Trump does. I agree with everything Jesus says. And so I pray for my president to be more like Jesus. But one thing's for sure, if you're out of the workforce and you're for Obama or Trump or against Obama or Trump, you're going to offend half the people you work with on either side. But if you're for Jesus and they get offended because you're for Jesus, then you're on the right side. Right. I'm doing no better priest, than you are shouting. Okay. How many know, and I'm not getting into politics, this not the no, so I'm just looking at what I've seen Christians make a mistake of doing. Man, don't get on Facebook and state your political views if you're a Christian. You know, years ago, years ago, I taught my leaders, and anybody else who listed my influence, that we got people we want to influence in our church and other places. And if we get all their daily because of stupid politics, then we shot ourselves in the foot. There's a lot of things they put on Facebook about politics that I grieve 100% with. But as soon as I put a like on there, I run somebody off that I want to influence. So I don't put like on any of it. Don't put dislike on any of it. Why is that? I want my light to shine before men to glorify my Father in heaven. Well, which, which, which was Jesus for? Jesus is for the Lamb's book of life. Jesus is for eternity. Jesus is for all those mansions that's in heaven. He wants to fill with people. That's what he's for. And so let our our light so shine before men, we can start acting like Christians. And by acting, I don't mean like acting. I mean acting on the word of God. Amen. Living like Christians. Let your light so shine before men. And so anyway, uh, let your light search so, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And I so, I, so I know that for me, you know, I don't know about you. But I know when I was a Christian truck driver years ago, before I was a preacher, when I was uh, having deliveries to people's different places, I know there was somebody tell me that, uh, hey, uh, I say, how you doing? Oh, man, I've had a terrible cold. But what I always did, I don't know about other people, just the way I was. I was so loaded with God's word and God's anointing and had so much faith in the name of Jesus, I'd grab their hand right there and I'd pray for them. I did that hundreds of times. Somebody say they had a problem. And if I was talking to somebody sometime ever, and they said, "Hey, tell me something. Do me a favor. Would, 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 would you be praying for me?" I said, well, "I can pray for you right now." Uh, would, hey, would you get to church? Have your church pray? Well, yeah, I have pray. But I want to pray for you right now. Did Jesus ever tell somebody, "Hey, man, I'll tell you what. Down the road, will put you on the prayer, ch- prayer chain." You know, matter of fact, I never found that in the Bible. <laughs> or, or you know what, uh, Jesus. Jesus said, well, I'll tell you what, when I get back to the synagogue, I'll put you up on the prayer tree. I never saw a prayer tree in the Bible either. All, the only tree I saw was the cross. And Jesus hung on it. And he said, it's finished. That's enough. He said, I'm the Alpha and Omega. i would the beginning and the end. Amen. And so as Christians, we just need to be Christians and just be yourself around people as a Christian. And the whole thing about it, Jesus said, people are going to get offended at us. And so if they're going to get offended at us, why don't they get offended at us for doing the right thing? Man, I'll tell you what, I said while I going through one of these sad faces the other sad faces. <laughs> I, already, I already preached them happy. Okay, so anyway, uh, what he's talking about, about let your light shine, is this. Jesus is talking about our Christian lifestyle and character being seen by friends, relatives, coworkers, and strangers. They need to see Jesus in our continents, in our words, and in our actions. And boy, speaking of that, something really, really strange happened to me yesterday. The strangest things ever happened to me. I just, still, I don't know what it was this lady saw. My wife and I were at one of the stores in town, and she was in there shopping, and yes, was a long shopping day. It took me today to recover. My wife's not a big shopper, but when we have to take care of stuff, then take care of stuff. And anyway... I got tired of standing. I said, I'm going to go out the car. I'm walking out the door, and this lady starts staring. Oh. And she really just like that. Oh, oh, what is that? And I said, you know, we got so many strange people in Barstow. That's our mission field that we're loving into Christ. And this woman didn't look like she was strange. She looked like a normal woman. And she says, you hypnotized me. I thought, oh, man, I haven't anybody hit on me for years. And my wife was right around the, my wife was, my wife was right around, that's what I'm thinking. My wife is right around the corner. My wife's right around the corner. And I noticed the door of this place opened. I could have hollered, Janice, help! But this woman just went on. Oh, no. She said, it's your eyes. There's something about your eyes. Oh, you got the most beautiful blue eyes. And I kept on walking. I said, okay, thanks. <laughs> Like that, but I immediately, I immediately reported to my protector. And she told me, it must have been Jesus in your eyes she saw. And I said, okay, it must have been. But that was so weird and so, so strange. But what I'm saying is, people ought to see Jesus in us. That that was really, I mean, it was a whole lot more spookier and exaggerated than that. The woman wouldn't let go. But anyway, you know, people ought to stop and look at us. And Peter said it in it, 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 one of the epistles of Peter. Peter said uh, that people ought to look at us and ask us for a reason, for the hope of us. Ask us for a reason. You know, if that woman had to wear to be out so much, I probably wouldn't have preached to her. But all I want to do is get away from her. <laughs> but uh, people people need to see Jesus in us. to catch their attention. And so they need to see Jesus in our continents. In our words, in our actions. And I want you to look at John chapter 10, verse 10. John 10, verse 10. And we're talking about let your light shine at Christmas time so we can share the gospel with people. John 10, verse 10 says this The thief cometh not before to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I'm come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. And so when the Lord had me put this out here today, I was looking at these verses and I was thinking about that as a Christmas time. I'm so, I'm so glad that nobody's defeated today. Man, sometimes the Wednesday nights come in and man, half of them, you look like you just lost your best friend. And I prayed today for this sermon to come in night, and you all look like you got it together or something. Well, this? so I've warned you right now, the thief, is coming. Yeah, when I was writing this day, I thought about that Grit stole Christmas. I thought, man, that's the grit demon going to try to come and steal your joy. You've got to be aware in advance. When all of a sudden, for no reason, you're depressed. The thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. When all of a sudden, for no reason, you're all concerned about what somebody's not going to get you. Oh, well, you're all concerned. I spent this much of them last year. They don't already spend anything on me this year. Well, it's not your birthday nor their birthday? It's Jesus' birthday. Put it the offering next time. Hey, man, it's Jesus' birthday. Is that what it's about? Blessing Jesus. You bless Jesus by blessing people. And so anyway, uh, anyway, we've got you got to stay conscious. Now I hope you're taking notes because you're going to need to see this because. I, I can almost guarantee you there'll be an attack some way, shape, or form hit you in the next next couple of weeks before Christmas after only one reason only to make you act stupid around people to run them off instead of bring them in. Stay conscious of the fact that Satan is the one that wants to still our joy and our peace and put our light out. Or at least dim our light. If he can't put it out, he wants to at least make it dim so you are not wanting to be happy about anything. Amen. It's called Merry Christmas. How many want to have a Merry Christmas? What's your family to have a Merry Christmas? Want the people in the realm of influence to have a Merry Christmas? Then recognize that the same devil that had King Herod try to kill baby Jesus, is the same devil today still tried to wipe out baby Jesus from our lives and from our families. And you know, to me, I think about, uh, I got news a couple days ago, a preacher friend of mine from years ago was only 66 years old. He died over the weekend. I thought, man, that is so sad, you know. But then it just caused me to come back to reality again, how real life and death are. Life and death are real. And I know, I know that this man's in heaven. But then I got to thinking about us, as our church, about our witness here, that every day we all influence somebody. And our influence will have a factor on speaking to them about heaven, hell, eternity, and things like that. And so we as Christians, we as Christians should be the most joyful people at Christmas time of in the whole world. You know, I know that some of us here have lost lost, lost loved ones in the near past in the last couple of years and things like that. But if you know your loved ones with Jesus, you know, you might be sad on the outside, but on the inside you're leaping. And so you're glad that they're with Jesus in heaven. And, you know, that's something that's very real. And so we have to realize, we have to realize that we as Christians on this earth are missionaries. We're missionaries in the army. We're missionaries at schools. We're missionaries at Walmart. And what's a missionary? That's somebody's missionary because the word means a sent one. But we're Christians and we pray about where we're supposed to work at and God sent us there. That makes us missionaries to where we work at. You know, I learned, I learned a long time ago when I was a truck driver, but I never liked it that he always hooked me up to so many ranked sinners. But after I finally got smart and realized he trusted me to be able to influence them. He knew I wouldn't compromise and play the sin game, but I'd let my light shine and I'd witness when he gave me the opportunities. So finally, I quit praying for more Christians. I just started praying for the boldest to be able to do what I was supposed to do so I could get promoted and get out of there. <laughs> and, and, and that works to a great degree if you get them all saved what's God needs you for but he said you to the next field I'm doing no better preaching than you are shouting amen and so anyway anyway uh, don't let Satan put your light out we're going to talk about how, how, how to stay bright and so if he's allowed to come in and attack you and you let him in you're going to get miserable And if you get miserable, guess what you're going to do? You're going to make life miserable for your family. Now now I'm getting your attention. And somebody's thinking, that was me last week, Pastor. Or Pastor, I'll never forget last Christmas, I couldn't believe how prayed up I was. And I was all ready. And I knew it was going to be the best we ever had. And I prayed that my mate, wouldn't act like a stinker. And I and I pray I prayed that my, my, my drunken brother wouldn't show up and be a jerk, and I prayed that this would that, and then when Christmas came, I don't i I'm ashamed to say it, but I'm the one that blew up. I'm the one that acted like a nut. Well, when you allow yourself to become miserable because Satan gets in and attacks you and you don't know how to handle it, then you make misery on everybody else. Did you hear the old saying, misery loves company? Anybody ever heard that before? Misery loves company. Visible people make other people miserable. But then, on the other side of the coin, joy is contagious. Have you ever noticed that? That when you're around people that are trying to be grumps and you won't let them be, you just keep on smiling, keep on joking, keep on being nice, keep on laughing. One of two things. They're either going to yield and change how they are, or they're gonna get so irritated, to be around a person like you, they walk away. I remember, I remember all my job. I remember all my job. There's this one guy, when I got saved, he let me know that he's an atheist. He didn't believe in God, anything about God, wanted nothing to do with it. That he's a kid, his mom used to make him go to Sunday school, and now that he is an adult, he wanted nothing to do with God. I remember one day, I wasn't even thinking about it. I remember I come in off my truck run, walking across our truck dock, and I didn't even realize I was doing it. You know I was kinda of walking like I did, man, just loving Jesus, saying it. And I remember that guy's up there at the end of the dock, a bunch of sinners hanging out doing their thing down there. I remember just me said, That's not right. Nobody can be that happy all the time. <laughs> just as clear as a bell I heard that guy say that. And then I realized I was just being me, you know. I didn't have to have much people to fellowship with. I had Jesus with me. I was fellowship with Jesus. I mean I did it all day long in my truck and then it just so happened I wasn't in the truck as I walked across the dock. Well when I got out of the truck, Jesus didn't stay in the truck, he went with me. He said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. And so you know if you're walking with your best friend, aren't you going to talk with him? And you know, I've had people say the goofy stuff before said, Are you talking to yourself? Well, sometimes I say yes, and they say, Well, do you answer back? I say yes. I'm talking the word, speaking the word over my life. Sometimes I say, You talk to yourself? No, I'm talking to Jesus. Thank you. That's called light shining. That's called living your Christian life, not to be seen of men, but men see you, whether you're conscious of it or not. You ever you ever see people that are that are really possessed and go around talking all the time and talking stuff like that? You think, man, those people are weird. Well, Bible does call us weird, calls us peculiar people. We're peculiar. But that's our light shining. Amen. And so, anyway, we see that, uh, that we're we're supposed to be contagious with joy. And so, remember the acronym. Has anybody ever seen the J O Y acronym? You know, we don't have, if this would have somebody put it on the screen for me, but they had lots of trouble today, lots of stuff, so we didn't, I didn't call anybody to do a screen job for me. But Joy, the J, Oh, why? Jesus first, others second, yourself last. Jesus first, others second, yourself last. That's where joy comes from at time, Christmas time. is this supposed to be about Jesus? Well, if we will change our focus. and You know, I was talking to my wife today about all the good stuff that we're doing, getting ready for lots of things we've been doing for people. I said, I said I'm getting ready to preach about this tonight. We've got to remember we can't get so overworked we forget why we're doing this. We're doing this to celebrate Jesus. And we get so busy trying to work for Jesus and we forget Jesus. That would be terrible. You know, I think about some of the parties that people's had to me over the years. Birthday parties, anniversary parties. That would be a terrible thing. For the church to have a big birthday party or anniversary party for me, invite all of you but not invite me. You know, I've, I, you know I, I would not allow myself to get offended, but I should have to fight off offense if there's a big celebration about me, and you forgot to invite me, you think I might want be what it's kind of like with Jesus? That everybody's out putting putting all this stuff, and you get blissed on your phone all day long with all the sales, the sales. I don't know about you, but man, I don't even read about any of their stupid sales. that all day long, people like that against everything I believe for. They want not come spend my me spend my money for their stuff. For oh. anyway. Those people are all about Jesus now because they want your money, but they're not all about, not all about Jesus the rest of the year. And so if we're, if we're going to celebrate Jesus, don't you think you want to have Jesus in the middle of our functions? You think that would cause our joy level to ride some? Amen. Amen. And so anyway, go, go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Hebrews 12, verse 2. Say, Jesus first. Other second. Me last. Amen. And you know what? I think that's where most of the trouble comes from at Christmas time is people put the me first. Because they put the me first, then uh, that causes trouble. Hebrews 12, verse 2 says this, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy, and that's what we're talking about is joy, isn't it? Who for the joy that was set before him endured. He endured because he had joy, something joyful in front of him. He endured the cross, despised the shame. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so if you want to have God's joy and peace, you must remember the reason for the season. This verse says, to keep our eyes on Jesus, says Jesus endured. Now listen to this. Because he had joy in what he saw at the end of his mission. How many know that Jesus was on a mission? You know, I talked about a while ago that the word for, for apostles, apostles and missionaries. Apostles in the Bible, it comes with a word that means a sent one. Jesus was in heaven. God sent him to a mission field called planet earth. He had a mission to come to earth. To be born of a virgin that God the Father was His Father. And so the blood in Jesus' veins was God's blood. It was sin-free blood. It didn't have sin in it. Jesus' mission was to come to be the sacrifice for the sins of the human race. And so then, because, because Jesus lived in an earth suit, He lived in a physical body, He felt pain. He had a soul on earth. He had emotions. Jesus had the opportunity to get offended, have hurt, have hurt feelings, all those things. But it says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured. He stayed with the mission. What was the joy set before him? He saw Doug. He saw Alexis. He saw Bernie Samples, that heathen truck driver, on his way to hell. He saw the human race, and as much as he was tempted, because he was tempted at all points like as we are yet without sin, as much as Jesus Christ was tempted to give up, it says the thing kept him going is he saw the joy at the end of the race. He saw that if I follow through with this, and I allow these sinners to kill me, and I give up the ghost, Hanging naked up there for the whole world to sit in front of my mom. They beat me when the phys- his physical flesh beat and all things that happened. That was horrible. But then the worst thing was when you heard him quoting from the Psalms, he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then it says he went down into the center of the earth. He went down to the bowels of the earth, just like Jonah went down in the well, said the Son of Man must go down to the center of the earth for three days. And so he went down into hell. As a lost man. But he wasn't a lost man. He was the Son of God. He committed no sins. He went down there. He'd been with God from all of eternity past. All he'd ever known was the presence of God in heaven. And so then he knew that was coming. And it says, For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. And the joy. He looked down and said, I see a really nice lady named Cindy Grove. But if I don't die for Cindy Grove's sins, she's a nice lady. But she can't go to heaven unless I die for her sins. And so Jesus kept the vision in front of him. He saw the faces of the human race. And that brought him joy. He knew that his sacrifice was going to be worth it all. He knew that his temporary three days in hell, he was coming out. But if he didn't go down there, then Alice could never come out. And so what I say that, it talk about our Christmas. And I, I want to help you right now because of the satanic attacks. When these attacks come to you and you start feeling depressed and you don't know why, you start thinking, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to be around those people anymore. I don't want to go. I'm going to take a break from church till next year. I'm going to come back after the first year. I'll get started all over again. What he's doing, he's still in your joy. You could have Said your loved ones come to Christ because you stayed shining bright. We've got to stop and think. Christmas is not all about me and my feelings. We've got to stop and think that if I decide... I want to have a blowout for about a week or two. I don't want to go to that Christmas party. Well, that Christmas party wasn't for you anyway. That Christmas party was for Jesus and for people to celebrate Jesus. If your whole purpose going to that Christmas party was for you, you missed the whole reason for the season. When you go to that Christmas party and you make yourself smile, then there could be somebody else. There may have been a fellow Christian contemplating suicide. they be depressed because Christmas is a bad memory to them because of the loved ones they've lost. Because of bad things that's happened. Maybe may have been through divorces and separations, and they don't have their kids with them. And they're all depressed, and then here comes Alex, Alex, Alex showing up, and Alex walks in the door like that, being Alex. Man, we just just bubbling and bopping like that, carrying it on like that. And say, hey, Alex. And Alex goes up back and gives him a hey bro, what's going on like that? Pops that anoint into him like that. And all of a sudden, he got their light shining bright again for them because Alex was there. And then Alex later on said, Man, I'll tell you the truth, but I didn't want to go, but I remember what pastor preached. And I realized that I may have feel stupid. But after after I went there and I saw the joy I brought to them, man, I come out of the bed, I'm walking on cloud nine because I let my light shine. It's did what God wanted me to do. Is this helping anybody? Amen. See, we've got to realize our mission. Our mission is not for us to feel good all the time. Our mission is not for us to get blessed all the time by everybody else. Blessing us all the time. My for no more. Our mission, Jesus told us, let your light so shine before men. Don't put it under a bushel. You start staying away from those functions because you don't feel right. You don't feel good like that. Well, the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by our feelings. Our mission and the joy of that mission is knowing this, that if I go around where people aren't doing their best right now and I let my light shine, maybe I can pull somebody up a level. Maybe I can brighten up somebody else's Christmas. Doing better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. We're talking about letting your light shine. You know, I think about that selfish thing of it. I think about how horrible it is of Christians in the most wonderful evangelistic time of the whole year letting the devil come and pop a little bit of depression on them, cause them to go stoop and crawl into a hole. And then, and then they come and say, Pastor, I don't know why none of my family go to church with me. And then all I have to do is think of some of the episodes I've seen. if they can handle correction, I'll say, I can tell you exactly why they don't come because you're nuts. <laughs> you're two-faced. You're schizophrenic. Never know if you're going to act like a Christian, if you're going to act like a heathen. I wouldn't want to come to church with you either. <laughs> It sure is nice when you get to be older as a pastor you tell the truth of things you've seen over the years. Amen. But we as Christians, if we decide that we're going to act like a jerk in front of our family, at least be sensible enough when you come to your senses to apologize. Hopefully nobody will act that way. Anyway, anyway what it says to look unto Jesus, the Lord told me years ago, To keep my eyes on Jesus means to keep my eyes on the Word. How many know that Jesus and His Word are one and the same? And so when you keep your eyes on Jesus, you keep your eyes on His Word. If you don't keep your eyes on His Word, you've taken your eyes off of Jesus. And so I know that for me, I'll tell you what I do when that depression tries to hit me. You mean, Pastor, it tries to hit you. I live in an earth suit, don't I? Amen. I'm on the same planet you are. Just because I'm born again and God's called me to be a pastor and a Bible teacher don't mean I don't have feelings. It don't mean the dumb stuff doesn't try to hit me. What I do, I start looking at Bible verses that mean something to me. I think about Hebrews 10:35 and 36. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense and reward. If you have need of patience, have you done the will of God, you might receive the promise. I start looking at things like that again. I go through the Word of God and I find verses that mean something to me. I find verses that, that, that uh, Hebrews eleven six without faith is impossible. To please God. We walk by faith and not by sight. I start looking at those Bible verses, and then, then I might go through the Psalms. I'll tell you what, there's times that I love going through the Psalms. I'll get, I'll get in the Psalms where I'm reading the Psalms every day for two or three weeks in a row, just read, read a lot of Psalms because they're talking about praising God. And David talked about some of the hard times he went, th- went through that he looked to God, His Redeemer, His strength, His Savior, is all in all, I start reading those things, and things start lifting. And so what am I doing I'm doing that? I keep my eyes on Jesus, but I keep my eyes on the Word. When I keep my eyes on the Word, Jesus is talking to me again. I'm hearing things again. And so, you know, I just hope I put something in you tonight to help keep your light burning bright. But I want to say this. One of Satan's favorite tactics is to pull Christians out of church at critical times of their life. And so right now, at Christmas time, don't back off church. And I'm talking about this for your good. I'm not talking about to fill the seats up of the church. I'm talking about it for you. This is the time, come two or three times a week. Come to some of these small small gatherings we have, you know, where people have different little Christmas parties and things, different Christmas things, the women's meetings, different things. Going. Come to those get-around Christians. And the thing is, the more you get around Christians, the more the anointing of God's going to get on you. And the anointing God gets on you, then the more joy you're going to have, the more junk's going to leave. And who knows, it might be, by coming around Christians, there might be one of the Christians more down than what you are. And you might lift them up. And I'll tell you what, there's definitely more joyful than to give it. When you give it, you get it. It comes back to you. What you give is give it back to you good measure. pressed down, shake together, running run it over. So you share the joy you've got, your joy level's going to rise. I just want to say it one more time. If you're going to keep your eyes on Jesus, you got to keep your eyes on His Word. Read your Bible. Don't back off of the Bible because you're so busy for Jesus. Still read your Bible. Still do your devotions, whatever you do. Come to church. Sing the Christmas carols. Do the things you've got. And I'll tell you what, you go walking into your job, you could be like that guy said to me, man, there's no reason somebody should be that happy all the time. Yeah, there is a reason. His name's Jesus. He's the one. Amen. Let's stand up.